With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Alright everyone, welcome to the DK Steelers Podcast. I'm Chris Carter here, joined by Steelers beat writer Dale Lolly, and the first day of training camp is in the books. Dale, I know it's very limited. We can't talk about most things that happened at practice because it was a closed practice. Training camp is very different here, but we did get a pool report that indicated a few things. Um, what was your readouts? It seemed like there weren't any major injuries. Everything was just very minor, and they're just taking it easy right now. That's really it, Chris. I can't tell you anything. I'd have to kill you. <laughs> it's just the way it is. I had things that I saw. I know what I saw. Mm-hmm. I can't report what I saw. Um, it's just, as you said, a very different training camp. Um, I can tell you that David DeCastro wore black shorts, shirt, socks, and a hat, walked with his position group, but did not practice. That I can tell you. I can tell you that, uh, for example, um, we saw rookie uh, Chase Claypool, who has talked about being a red zone target for Ben Roethlisberger, made a leaping catch in the corner of the end zone on a ball from the starting quarterback. I can't tell you that that was in any segment of practice or what that part of practice was. I can't tell you what cornerback he caught the ball over top of. I can't tell you if the ball was underthrown or if it was a good pass. Can't tell you any of that because that's, those are the rules. Yeah, the Steelers did post a video on Twitter, but it, uh, of of Chase Claypool skying up to catch a pass, but there wasn't. That any- was not the play that is in question here. Right, that was against nobody. That was against because air. there was no one there. It was against air. So, yes. uh, you know, I thought I thought that was interesting that we saw that. Um, but you know, there there were some there were some reports out. Well, we but beyond the reports. We did get to see Ben Roethlisberger warming up with the football during the live feed. That was like the one thing we were able to get from Steelers.com uh, really and, and saw there. It looked, his arm looked fine. You know, it didn't look, uh, look, look terrible. I mean, it, 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 he looked like the Ben Roethlisberger that we're, that we're, that we're normally used to. Um, of course, it's impossible to gauge where the heck he's at because we need to see actually live action and throwing it into different passing windows and stuff like that. But uh, I guess it's positive to say, hey, you got to see Ben throw today. Yeah, and he looked fine. I mean, I, you know, it, it's tough to, again, as you said, uh, judge any of that without a pass rush on him. I mean, yes, they were in pads and they were kind of rushing him, but, you know, nobody was, you know, really getting after him. Um, he threw the ball like he normally throws the football. Um, he's, you know, the only thing I noted was that, you know, he's no longer throwing the uh, – the rugby ball and warm-ups, as he uh, typically used to do, that that is now no longer part of his warm-up process. He's just throwing a regular football. He's throwing a regular football. I mean, but it, it, again, 
I think everyone just wanted to see, hey, make sure that he actually is throwing the football. You know, we saw clips of Twitter and happening, but seeing it live, I think, was a cool thing. Um, you know, we can't – again, you can't talk about what you saw with 11-on-11s, um, but I think Steelers fans can at least take solace. Like, hey, you you saw him out there if you watched the live feed that the state, they provided on Steelers.com. Um, as far as as far as far the, the light injuries go, it says uh, we got David DeCastro, who just kind of walked around, like you said, James Washington had a minor injury, and Chris Wormley, who had a back injury. Supposedly that's been lingering. Uh, or it's something that he's been de- dealing with for a couple days, I guess. Um, but Pouncey took a vet day off. Uh, so I think the coolest thing about all of this, Dale, for the Steelers is no major injuries and no uh, and, and no one's on the COVID reserve list right now, which I, at least the Steelers can say that, that they have a clean bill of health. Yeah, and as we saw with the Cowboys uh, camp uh, today, um, any kind of news like that this time of year is bad news. So they made it through this practice uh, fine. Um, we'll see how that, that continues to happen here. Obviously, they are tackling live uh, for at least portions of practice, and uh, that's all part of the process here. We'll see how, how much of that continues with uh, Mike Tomlin or, or does he start scaling that back here in a couple of weeks. Um, you know, it's, again, it's, uh, it, was, it was a football practice, which is it's nice, but that's about it. That's all I can tell you. So you can tell, the other things I guess we could talk about before we go to break is that, you know, we're saying – that it's fortunate the Steelers have made it through this. A lot of other teams didn't see, did, didn't see, get so lucky. AJ Green went down with an apparent hamstring injury in the Bengals practice. A lot of people are worried about that. There, the Eagles saw multiple players go down, including former Steeler Javon Hargrave, who said to be out for about two, about two weeks of practice. Um, and, and he's a guy that's just getting there. They need him to get up to speed with Fletcher Cox. Um, the Steelers aren't in that boat as of yet of seeing one of their major or high-played players go down and uh, saying, well, you're going to have to miss uh, a good bit of this training camp here. That's all you're going to have to prepare for the season. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I know a lot of people would be looking forward to some preseason game right, <laughs> games right now, especially Ben Roethlisberger, uh, but that's not going to happen. It's going to be uh, these 14 padded practices, now 13 padded practices before they play the New York Giants on September 15th. All right, we're going to go to one break here. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about what our expectations are for some of the battles that could happen in this year's camp right after this. We're back here with the DK Steelers podcast. Let's talk about some of the battles that we're looking forward to in training camp, Dale. We got our first taste of some things today. We can't really talk about the observations in any matchups, but we can talk about the players that we're most interested in. Um, everyone is – we'll, we'll save the, the tackle one for, for, for last because that's the one everyone's obviously talking about. But – I have to wonder, outside of every uh, today's observations and all, do you see a valuable matchup or a valuable battle at the slot corner position between Mike Hilton and Cameron Sutton? Nope. Um, I just think it's going to be 
it's going to be Mike Hilton again. I think he does too many valuable things or things that they value that they're going to stick with him and they're going to use Cameron Sutton uh, as their dime uh, cornerback. They'll use him in the other slot. They do like his coverage ability, I think, a little bit better than Mike Hilton's. But Mike Hilton's blitzing ability, his uh, ability to, to stick his nose in there and stop the run is just, uh, you know, he's proven to be a valuable guy and they can't unseat him as that, as that uh, nickel corner. Yeah, I think, I think it's going to be tough for him. Hilton's got all those instincts. Uh, you know, I remember in training camp a couple of years ago when we first saw him and he was screaming around, I'm too small, I'm too small. He's always been that guy that gets up in your face, that, 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 that fights for every yard. And I think that that has a value to it. Um, Cameron Sutton, I've always liked the potential of his first versatility. I loved his, his college tape. Um, you know, early in, early in his time with, with Pittsburgh, he got time guarding A.J. Green in his rookie season when Hayden went down in Cincinnati for a game. Um, you know, I, I thought we, we've seen glimpses uh, of Sutton, but it seems like Mike Hilton holding him off. I just think that that's kind of interesting uh, to see that, you know, for three straight years and what's about to be a fourth straight year, Sutton can't beat out that guy. Yeah, and it's not that Cam Sutton's a bad player. I think he's a good player. It's just that Mike Hilton is, has proven to be one of the better uh, slot corners in the, in the league in terms of what he brings you. A lot of different things that you can do with him. Um, and I, I think Cam Sutton, you know, can play in this league. And I think sometimes Sutton's versatility a little bit has hurt him uh, in, in some instances where, you know, he's he's at, he's playing outside, he's playing inside, he's lining up and, and, and getting some time at safety. And I think that has hurt him a little bit at times. And obviously the, uh, the injury, his rookie year, held him back a little bit. I, I definitely agree there. Um... Looking around, this isn't necessarily a battle, but it's more of a, a usage question. How do we think that, this, that the Steelers are going to use their tight ends? They went and got Eric Ebron. Obviously, he's tight end one. But with Vance McDonald, who's known as a starter and has experience with Ben, you can probably that's, even that's, see his don't, don't, I don't know that there's going to be a tight end one. I don't know that they're going to have – I think those guys are going to split time. I think they're going to use them very judiciously, um, you know, Randy Figner told me last year before the season started that they didn't want Vance McDonald playing, you know, 80% of the snaps. They wanted his snap count to be around 50% of the snaps. I think that's going to be, I think it's going to be almost a 50, 50 split with these guys. There will be times when you see them both on the field together, uh, but there's going to be times when they don't have a tight end on the field. I don't think it's going to be a true starter and, and backup guy. It's going to be one and one a. Wow. That's very interesting because uh, you know, we've seen Ebron. He was a uh, well, he was a former top ten overall pick uh, by the Lions. Then he went to the Colts, had a good year with Luck. Again, I had, again was injured last year. Vance came to the, to the Steelers and kind of revitalized uh, his his career with them. Now we're looking at a situation where I mean, if you have just two top tight ends, that could lead to a lot more twelve personnel situations. Uh, situations you could lead a lot more bunch formations, heavy formations. Um, I'm interested to see how they use that. Uh, and to think there wouldn't be a predominant tight end, that's going to be interesting to see with Ben Roethlisberger, just to, you know, because we know Ben in the past has, when he finds a guy, he sticks to them, that's his security blanket. And if it's not either of them, you know, what his, what his plan might be moving forward. I think they'll use them both. It's just not going to be, again, a, a situation where there's a starter and a backup. I think they're both going to be that situation that, that they're going to use both of those guys to, uh, to do different things with the offense. Um, you know, I think you'll, you'll see Ebron split wide at times. 
Uh, you may see McDonald split wide at times as well. I mean, he, he does have that uh, ability as well, uh, but I think he'll end up being more of the blocker. Uh, Ebron's not nearly the blocker that uh, McDonald is, and McDonald's not great at it, but he's certainly more accomplished as a blocker than uh, Eric Ebron. And, uh, you know, I, I think it's all going to play out here as, you know, as we sit and watch this as unfold here at training camp. Okay, so like I said, we're gonna, I wanted to save the, la- the last battle, uh, this battle for last, but it's the right tackle position. You and I have talked about this before, but it's Jakuma Korfor versus Zach Banner. I favor Okorafor because I loved his college tape. I think he has the prototypical build to be a, an offensive tackle. I love his footwork. I've always just felt like he just needs to learn how to finish plays a little bit better. And we've seen glimpses of that in the few times that he's played in the NFL. But also Zach Banner became an, you know, a good sixth option at the offensive line last year. Who do you tilt more towards in this battle as we see this play out? I'm going to tell you right now, it's going to be Chooksakor for. Um, there's too many reasons for it not to be. People who are reading into the fact that, well, they used Zach Banner as their sixth tight end, the extra blocker last year in tight end packages. That doesn't mean anything. When they played the Rams, they could have put, they put Matt Filer at left guard and they started Chooksakor for at right tackle. They could have just done that with Banner and said, hey, we're going to start Banner there. He's the guy. And we'll let Chooks be the, uh, the, the sixth offensive lineman, and he can come in and play tight end. That's not what they did. They put Chooks for at right tackle. He's the only guy who's under contract beyond this season among the, those offensive tackles. He's going to be the starting right tackle. And the reason for that being they want to find out what they've got with him. He was a third-round draft pick of this team. You can find guys like – nothing against Zach Banner. I like Zach Banner. Uh, great guy. You know, I think he was a great find for them. He was a fourth-round draft pick a few years ago. That's great. But they, they used a third-round draft pick on Chooksakor for – they're going to find out what they've got with Chooksakor for. He's going to be given every opportunity to either win that job or fail. That's how it's going to work. I agree. I agree with you that I think Okorafor is going to be given the edge. I mean, we saw how he played against Vaughn Miller in his rookie season, which to me was just – I thought was – I was very surprised because I remember in that game I was thinking, man, Vaughn's going to eat that dude, that kid alive. But he, he held his own uh, in the limited clips that we saw of him against the Rams this year. He, he looked like he did well again. You know, I, I know Zach Banner's become more of a fan favorite because he had the ineligible, you know, thing that was happening last year where fans were cheering him on at Heinz Field, and he's become a bigger bigger Twitter presence. But uh, Chikumo Okorafor, I, I think, has the has the higher ceiling of the two guys, and the Steelers know that, and they trust that, which is why I, I, I agree with you. He's going to be the guy moving forward. But, Dale, that's our DK Steelers first – this is our inaugural podcast here – on the DK Steelers podcast. Um, thanks for doing the show with me. I'll be talking with you later this week about more about what's going on in, in, the, uh, in this show.